Looking into God's Word, we turn to Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 22. We'll begin with uh, verse 34 through 40. Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees has heard that he put this, he had put the, the when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence. They were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. When we read something like this, I'm very thankful the Lord doesn't say something when the lawyers ask him this difficult supposed question. It would have been difficult if he said, Thou shalt understand the mysteries of God. Or thou shalt know how to instruct God. Or even how to tell him how to answer your prayers. But he said, we must love God. That is a statement the human race knows of. Talk about love all the time. And when people, people get married, they better really, really love each other. And of course, I would suppose they would let each other know often. But the Lord said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Christ was the very living Word of God, the Word of God, the Father in the flesh, sent down here on earth. Truth that is so often mentioned through the Word of God, when the Word, when truth is mentioned, it is speaking of the very essence of God, the very character of God, something far more than just trying to get a statement of truth in a, in a courtroom. Truth in the Word of God is the very character of God. The Apostle John, St. John said it this way in the Gospel according to St. John, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1 through, I'll read that, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and in the life, in the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I read verse 14. 
And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Proverbs 23, 23 says, tells us, buy the truth and sell it not. That's a lot of involvement in what God is all about. That's major individual involvement. This isn't God way out there somewhere. That's a personal involvement in God to the very ultimate of what is humanly possible to be involved in God and what he is all about. To buy the truth. You know, it isn't hard to put a lot of money down to buy something you really, really love. That's not hard. But it's not, it's a different story when you have to buy something unexpected, but you need it. I didn't expect the roof to go out, but I'm just going to have to, what it costs, I'm going to have to buy it. I didn't expect the plumbing to go bad, but I have no choice but to get it done and pay for it. The appliance went out and I had something else I really had my eyes set on to purchase, but I need to buy something else. So some, that other thing will have to go on the, the, uh, the side waiting list. But when we love something, even buying the truth, that is God and what he's all about. The only way we'll do that is if we love God. Really, really love God. First thing I really, really wanted to buy and bought, I remember, was a Honda trail bike. And I saved, and I saved, and I was glad to put every penny down. When I finally had the money to take my dad and go, I'm buying this one. I was just a little bit short. Maybe I can even just borrow it from you, but I, I'll just scrape all my money together and I'm buying this one. And I was thrilled to death. I was broke. But I had what I thought I loved, at least for a while. That's a big difference. So when the Word of God says to buy the truth and sell it not, we better have a lot of love involved to be able to do such a thing. We don't, of course, buy the truth with money. We're going to buy the truth with our very heart. We're going to buy the truth with our soul. We're going to buy the truth with our very life. Don't have to have money, but we have to have these things, and we all have that to purchase the truth. Loving God is not the same as believing in God. Even James tells us in the book of James, chapter 2, he says, The devils also believe and tremble. So loving God is far different than that. It's the very center. To really love God in the manner the Lord tells us, it's the very center of true spiritual quality. It's the very center of it. That's what has to, it demands that. Commandments, we can look at them on a piece of paper. 
But they were never meant to just be stared at on a piece of paper. They were meant to be placed by God down in our heart. And boy, what a difference that makes. To be placed down in our heart by God. And when that happens, those commandments just run on autopilot. We don't think about it and think, oh, I'm going to have to try on this one today. When they're in our heart, they run on autopilot. And God, dealing with the heart, number one, the commandment number one, to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind. That is the very engine, the very fuel, the very wheels of our faith, of worshiping the Lord. The the world stumbles at the commandments of the Lord. And they're certainly going to stumble on commandment number two. love, Love your neighbor as yourself. And then it can go on and on. But the world can stumble about that all they want. And many times people might even, will even stumble out that uh, call themselves Christians, but yet they have, they are just assuming that they have number one in place to properly love God. But to ever go even beyond number one, even let alone number one, to get beyond it, any law or war will never put that in place. It will never cause that to happen. When number one is in place, number two is a shoe-in. It's an automatic. We love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind, then all the rest are automatically in place. Remember when the Lord first saved your soul? Put the love of God down in your heart, and you had a good talk with God about where your love was. You got that straightened around and said, Lord, I'm going to love you first. And I remember when I got saved and I was amazed. I had love just pouring out on the the ministers that I just had no use for. And I just, I saw them walk up on the platform. They looked like angels. I didn't work on number two. It was, it, it was just a shoe in. Number one is in place. Everything else falls in place is an automatic. It is there. If we struggle with number two or any of them, the solution and formula is simple. Go back to number one. If we have any struggle of anywhere down the line, go back to number one. Well, I've already been there, but I'm having a struggle with this. Go back to number one. That's what God would say every time. Isn't that simple? He said everything else hangs on how much we love God. And everything else, well, it's amazing how that happens. The fact is, our job is simply to love people. It's God's job to change people. Sometimes people can, we can even get that turned around a little bit. God never said that. Everything else hangs on commandment number one. When commandment number one is in place, It just flows. It's amazing how that happens. When we have that in place and catch the whole vision of that, grasp the whole joy and quality and excitement and victory in that, when that happens, 
It's just amazing how it flows. When you, when we, we think of this topic and you begin to read the, some of the epistles that the apostles wrote, disciples wrote, and, and there many times will, will begin to write, whether it's into an individual or whether it's to a group, and says, whom I love in the truth. You, you people, whom I love by themselves, on your own, no, whom I love in the truth. It's through the truth. Because we love the truth. And so it just flows out, and then everyone else benefits from that, and we know exactly what you're talking about. That's the true gospel. And that's what really works. John chapter 21 and we read where Christ appeared the third time after his resurrection. The Sea of Tiberius. And this was a time, you know that story. They, they had seen the Lord, but yet he disappeared again. And then they were not sure, they were thrilled. He rose again like he said. But they had no idea what all was next. Where is the Lord? Will he be here? Will we see him some more? Will he lead us some more? Uh, and so Peter, being a fisherman, he said, I think I'll go fishing. And so four of them went with him and said, we'll go with you. And so they went fishing. And Peter knew how to fish. And so did some of them. And they toiled all night, caught nothing. And they looked and saw a figure walking along the shoreline. And then John recognized and said, it's the Lord. And the story is thrilling with Peter jumping overboard and he couldn't wait and jump and swam to the boat. And uh, it thrills me on this story, the fact that these are fishermen. And they, they had, this was their livelihood by trade, other than the fact that they went into the ministry and did the Lord's bidding, whether whether fishing was involved again or not, didn't matter. They sought the Lord first. They loved the Lord first. But it's no wonder he said, well, I think I'll just go fishing for right now. But the fact that they, they caught, fish, they fished all night and caught nothing. And the Lord asked them if they, before they recognized who it was, said, if did you catch anything? We've caught nothing. We toiled all night. Cast your nets on the right side. Okay. Fish there for, but. We'll do it. They pulled, they could hardly pull the nets in. 153 fish, we're told. I don't know what size they were. That had to have been a record catch. And it amazed me as they pulled those into shore, and they were sort of so excited about the Lord that these are fishermen, and they just left those 153 fish there in the nets right there by the, by the boat until someone said, you better go pull those fish in. Because they were excited. Do you know what all they would necessarily hear from the Lord? But God, Christ looked up, looked at Peter particularly. Peter had been through a lot following the Lord. And Christ being about to ascend up into heaven soon had plans for all of them, but he specifically sought out Peter because he had plans for Peter. He wanted to use Peter. He had a place for Peter to fill. And he wanted to Peter to be able to lead people of God and to 
present and preach the gospel to the unsaved so many would be saved. He wanted people, Peter, to be able to encourage people when he was gone. And, and he wanted Peter, when all that was done, to be in heaven with him forever to where Peter could hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But it's interesting that with all of that in the Lord's mind, he didn't start sharing all of that with him. He didn't give Peter this exam to take. I better make sure he passes this exam before he's able to do these things. He didn't ask for Peter's resume. He didn't care for about any of that. He only had one concern. Does Peter love me enough? And the rest will take care of itself. That's the gospel. That's the gospel for every individual. And the Lord had only that one concern. He didn't go down the commandments and say, Peter, what about this? Do you have any trouble with this one? Do you have any trouble with that one? You think you're going to be able to handle this one okay? He didn't, wasn't interested in doing that at all. The first commandment that all the rest hang on, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Everything else hangs upon these things. So no wonder the Lord just said, Peter, do you love me? Peter's told him before that he loved him. And he said, do you love me more than these? I don't know what your mind goes when he says that. Mine always would go to the fish because, uh, but we can't guarantee that. The fact is, does it really matter what these are? If the Lord was talking to you, if he was talking to me, he said, do you love me more than these? Our mind would probably go somewhere that had to do with these for us. And then that's what the Lord would be asking us about. Do you love me more than these? And then we would automatically pretty much know. And the Lord would lead us from there and help us. The fact is, he, he was asking by saying, do you love me more? How much do you love me? How much? Well, the greatest commandment, first and great commandment is, of all my heart, soul, and mind. That's how much. And that's what the Lord was after with Peter because it was essential. Regardless of what the Lord had, whether great or small, in line for Peter, this had to be in place. And then the rest would be all right. Whatever it was, the Lord were to ask him. Whatever all of that meant wasn't the point. The point was, if he loves me enough, it'll work. I can use him. I can bless him. I can be glorified in him. He can have a crown of righteousness waiting for him. If he just loves me enough. And so he and kept asking there three times, you know. I would think, initially... These had to do with a fish because fish, fishing was his identity. You love me more than your identity. Who are you? What are you known as? Who, uh, what are you all about? Do you love me more than your career? That was his career. That was his joy. 
Someone has said, if you love your, what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That was probably maybe Peter. He fished for a living and he loved to fish. Wow. I'll just stay right here. I don't need to go anywhere. Peter, do you love me more? Do you love me more than your comfort zone? He was uncomfortable on just exactly where what was happening next. But So he said, I'm just going to go fishing. That's the comfort zone. It's all right to have a comfort zone unless you love that and determine to stay there more than what God would have us to do. Lord, Lord, Peter, do you love me more? Do you know talking about? The others? Most, I never really thought that he was, but even if he was, uh, the other men there? Um, the fact is, many of them, some of them he did know, some of them he wouldn't even ever know, except for the love of God that called them all. The love of God that drew after all their hearts. That's why they were there. Because of the love of God. So maybe, uh, possibly not them, but it could. Because when talking about others, other people's opinions. What other people think about your decisions. Your stand for the Lord. You're living for the Lord. Put that in there. Do you love me more than these What about what other people do? Peter even did that. He said, well, well what about John? I was getting, must have been getting a little, a little heavy for him. He said, uh, um, well, what are you going to have John do? What, what about him? Peter, what's that to thee? Do you love me? Do you love me? Second uh, Corinthians 10, 12 speaks of people that get off track as far as even uh, possibly even in the Lord's service. And he said, those talking about those that begin measuring themselves by themselves and those that compare themselves among themselves are un, not wise. All that goes in play. Even when Peter was saying, well, what about John? He said, Peter, do you love me? He just kept asking him the second time, do you love me? Peter had Highs and lows. He really had highs and lows previous to this. He said some incredible things when they were following the Lord. And they had so much to learn. So much that they couldn't possibly even understand until after the Lord died and rose again and ascended in heaven and began to get it all together on what even the scriptures meant and what the Lord was talking about. What is his, the purpose for him even being here. Uh, and so, but Peter did some remarkable things when, uh, when the Lord began to quiz them that one time, and he said, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say this, some say you're that, some say maybe you might be this or that person. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter just blurted out incredible words. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's thrilling to read that passage. It came straight from, from his heart. And that came straight from God. And the Lord, Lord himself said, Peter, the Lord himself has revealed that to you. God does that. God reveals, God's probably revealed various things to you that, that needed along the way, help you and guide and direct and, and give, uh, direct your path. He said, Peter, God himself has shown you that. 
That's a remarkable statement when so many are confused about who he was. And then another time when so many people left. It seemed like so multitudes and now everyone was leaving. And it was just him and his disciples. And he said, will you go also? Not knowing what else to do, he blundered out an incredibly wise, profound thing. He said, Lord, to whom would we go? That was incredible wisdom, that one simple statement. When in doubt, don't. Don't do anything when you're in doubt. Stop. Just hold still for the Lord. Our love for God will always hold us whatever the situation is. Well, of course, then Peter went on to the fact that when he was going to be crucified and they were coming to take him away and he told his disciples, he said, you're all going to be offended, discouraged or confused and scatter. And Peter began to now think about his own strength, his own ability and his own maybe Love for God according to his standards as much as he thought it through and thought, well, if everyone offends you, is offended, I'll not be offended. I'll not do anything. Now, he's on some shaky ground. And he failed miserably in that. Terribly. Well, he'd been through a lot of places. And it's amazing. God, Christ never mentioned any of that here. The highs, or the lows. He said, where are we going? Where are we going from here? He was going to ascend. These, these men had to carry the gospel, the gospel message, and it was going to be fine. God was going to be with them if they loved him properly. If they just had their love for him in place, whatever it was God asked them to do, they would, God would help them. It would work. It'll be all right. God will bless it. And they'll be able to do it and just keep focused if they just love the Lord. He didn't praise him or condemn him from the past. Peter have plans. Told him a few words, but they couldn't do ones that he would not be able to really comprehend, but they weren't glorious sounding words on what maybe he, he might face. And and all will, all that you need, Peter, will follow if you just have number one in place. And Peter's readiness to move on from, he asked him once, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Ask him again, feed my sheep. A third time, feed my sheep. But Peter's readiness within himself to move on after number, after being asked one, and especially after being asked twice, which might even help us give us an insight how sometimes we can be quite ready to move on. Yes, Lord, I love you. What you got next? The Lord might say, let's hold it right here. Let's stay here for a while. Do you love me? Let's talk about that. Do you love me? God is so faithful. He knows what we need most. He knows what will carry us through best. God knows how to do that, so he just held Peter right there, ready to move on, whatever else he got to say, do you love me? The third time, we can just feel the groaning in his heart where he had to dig deep. He had to dig deep in his heart and just groan as a Lord. You know all things. You know that I love you. 
You can just feel that Peter was going really deep now. Searching my head, not taking it so lightly. You know, when we have, when we get a handle on this, a good handle on this, we'll have a, a good handle on everything that we need that comes our way because God will be there to help and direct. How many times, perhaps, when Christ was gone, crossed he's back up into heaven, and they were on their path to serve the Lord. They had, they had challenges, but oh, they had thrilling times. They were so excited they'd come back and talk about the gospel. It's exciting to talk about the gospel. Even the, back to the very way that, that, that the epistles were, were mentioned, love through the truth. The love of God, love for you, love you through the truth. We all know what that is. It flows from heart to heart. It just flows. And how many times must have Peter, as the Lord would use him again and again in various ways, and even show him that, that the gospel is open, open to the Gentiles. Peter, don't learn lesson after lesson, but he learned them and kept on. He loved the Lord. That was in place and thrilling stories after stories of them talking this. Well, it's for everybody then, isn't it? Lord just used them over and over. What's next? Don't know, but I know one thing. I love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, with all my mind. Yes, God carried him through. I wonder, I wonder how many times when he was in a difficult spot, right when he thought, what shall I do? How am I going to handle this? And he would hear maybe the words of the Lord echo, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord. That's all I need. It's amazing how profound the gospel is, but how simple it really is. And the fact is the Lord has a plan. For every one of his followers. It begins, of course, with true, heartfelt, repentant salvation. When God makes that change and we put God in his rightful place, it begins there. And God wants to go on with us with a plan that will glorify him and bless our life. And God will use it. And all we have to, and he has all of that in store, all that in line, and he wants us to make heaven our home. But he simply says, do you love me? Yes, God has a plan for everyone. And the, th the same idea of the, the whole concept with even seeking God more. With the same way after our salvation to be sanctified. Just dwell on that one thing. Lord, I love you. To be baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Lord, I love you. Dwell on number one. Everything else will fall in place. Thank God he's always the same. Thank God we can pray. We'll have another opportunity to stand and sing a song and we'll be dismissed in prayer, but we'll also have another opportunity as usual to remain and pray ourselves. May God be with each and every one.